Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Amen. Are you glad to be in church this morning? Amen. Uh, amen. If you have your Bibles, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. The Bible says this. It's the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in, in, uh, in Corinth. And he says this. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Another, another scripture says, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Uh, ignorant is not a bad word, it's just we don't know. Uh, we're unaware of the schemes of the enemy. And so, Father, I just thank you for your word. And I thank you that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And I just pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to just come amongst us today, that we would get a revelation of who you are and what you want to do in and through our lives. Father, I thank you that it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And I pray that by your spirit, you would speak. By your spirit, our ears would be open to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom. Let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word, I pray. And I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you that you will speak, that something's going to shift this morning. Something's going to shift. Uh, our lives are going to be different because of this word. And this we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to speak on this first Sunday in October on the subject of spiritual warfare. Paul says to the Corinthians, as we read in our text, for we are not unaware of his schemes, of his being the devil's schemes, for we are not ignorant of the devil's schemes. Devil is scheming. He is actively designing a sin, a temptation, a situation to try and trip us up. He doesn't rest. He doesn't stop. He doesn't care how old you are, how long you've been in church. He is forever scheming, seeking to draw us away from the presence of God. Paul says to the church in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 6, which is a, which is a powerful scripture uh, that speaks about uh, uh, spiritual warfare. And he says, finally, finally, he says, could he, you know, he's spoken to the Ephesian church, could have spoken about so many topics. As he's getting to the end of his letter, he could have spoken about love. Love. He could have spoken about peace. He could have spoken about joy. Instead, he encourages, challenges the church in the area of spiritual warfare. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Remember where your strength comes from. It doesn't come from your abilities. It doesn't come from your IQ, how long you've been a Christian. Remember that your strength is in the Lord and in His mighty power. So put on the full armour of God so that you can Take your stand against the devil's schemes. There's the word again. Uh, in the King James Version, instead of using the word schemes, it uses the word wiles. Everybody say wiles. Wiles. Who's ever used the word wiles? I mean, when was the last time you used wiles? It says the wiles of the devil. That's much more exciting, I think, than just schemes. The word wiles means devious or cunning strategies employed in manipulating or persuading someone to do what one wants. 
the wiles, quiz night, there were a few wiles happening around the place. Devious and cunning, no. Uh, um, it's devious or cunning strategies employed in manipulating or persuading someone to do what he wants. It's exactly what the enemy does with our lives. He wants to sabotage the plan and the purposes of God for our lives, for your life. He does that by developing schemes and strategies and He wants to limit our potential, weaken our faith, rob us of our future. He doesn't care if He can't get you to lose your faith. He's quite happy just to limit you in, 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 in being everything that God has called you to be. He steals our hope, kills our joy and peace, wounds us and cripples us emotionally. The enemy has a plan for our life. And that is to destroy it. And if we're going to live the life that God wants us to live, we need to learn about spiritual warfare. And so I want to speak about this topic. I want to speak about it because during the month of October, we're going to see spiritual warfare ramp up. This morning, this isn't one of those feel-good sermons. This is the meat and three veg kind of sermon. Can I hear an amen? That's for the Aussies, for the Italians, it's just a plate of pasta, all right? Stock standard with sauce, it's a plate of noodles, it's a basic curry, um, tacos and burritos, uh, paella for the Spanish. Paella's a, that's, that, that's a treat in our family. Come on, I love a paella anytime. This is a stock standard message, but we need that in Jesus' name. Come on, we need the meat and three veg occasionally in Jesus' name. And I want to speak about it because during the month of October, we're, get, we're, gonna, we're gonna see things ramp up. In the Halloween season, there's a ramping up of spiritual activity. And we, we need to be aware of that as the church of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? I don't want us to be ignorant as a church of what the enemy is doing. There are people who worship Satan. Satan has a strategy and he's a schemer. He, Jesus says, I came to give life and life in abundance. The enemy came to, to, to steal, kill and destroy. It's another one of those strategies in our society to steal, kill and destroy. Don't say Merry Christmas, Halloween, come in. You know, let's, let's embrace Halloween and, and just let it take, be rampant in our, in, our, in, our, in our city. Halloween is not just a fun activity for kids. It's a scheme. It's a strategy, a while of the enemy to desensitize children and adults to the evil spiritual realm. It just blows my mind how society just laps it up so quickly. And just for the record, we're not involved in spiritual warfare just in October, but every single month of the year, can I hear an amen? It's part of our strategy. It's part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We are soldiers in His kingdom, but we don't fight with our own strength. We don't fight with our own power. We fight, uh, we fight from victory, not for victory, because we are victorious, because Jesus was victorious in Jesus' name. Now, that's the bad news. The good news is, we're not alone in the battle. The Bible says the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's works. Yeah, we're not alone in this fight. We're not alone in this battle. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the enemy. Jesus said, I will build my church 
and the gates of hell shall not prevail again. That's a scripture that I stand on again and again and again. It's a reminder because sometimes I start to think I'm the one building the church. Sometimes I think building the church is my responsibility. Sometimes I think I'm the one who's got to do all of this because, you know, I'm just that's just me. But then I start to think, Joe, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? It's a reminder again and again. And this week it was happening again and again. And I said, Lord, I'm just an instrument in your hands. That's all I am. I'm just want to be a servant that says, that talks to you, says, Lord, what do you want me to do? That's all I want to be, a servant in your hands. The church is yours. It's not mine. Jesus said so. He says, I'm building the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against her. Paul goes on to say in Ephesians, and I actually want to read the text because it's just a powerful text. There's something just about reading the God's Word. God's Word is anointed. And it's just powerful. He says in verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's not against your boss, your spouse, your husband, your wife, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Can you notice that all of these words that describe the kingdom of darkness or the, the dominion of darkness, they, they, they are words of authority. Uh, again, authorities, powers, uh, spiritual forces uh, of the dark world. Um, therefore, the, the enemy does have some power, but he doesn't have all the power. Can I hear an amen? The enemy does have some authority, but he doesn't have all of the authority in the name of Jesus. Therefore, therefore, because of all of this, here's the answer. Put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, it doesn't say if the day of evil comes, the day of evil will come, it's just a question of when, there's an encouraging uh, word for you. You may be able to stand your ground um, uh, and after you've done everything to stand, stand three times it says stand. One of the weapons we have against the enemy is just to stand, don't move, don't do anything. Uh, stand firm then with the belt of truth. There's, there's the first piece of the armour is the belt of truth. Why? Because one of the strategies, one of the wiles of the enemy is deception and lies. It's half truths. So Paul says, put on uh, the belt of truth because for the, for the armour, for the soldier, the Roman soldier, all the rest of the armour hung on to the belt. The belt was crucial and how we need to know the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Put on, buckled around your waist with the, sorry, stand firm then on the belt of truth. Buckled around your waist with the belt, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And, the, you know, go back to the Garden of Eden. And what was the first tempter? Hath God said, did God really say that if you eat this fruit, did, it, it was the enemy seeking to question the truth of God and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Anyone ever experienced a flaming arrow of the enemy, one or two or three or five or a hundred in a day? Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. All of the rest of the armour is defensive. The sword of the Spirit is the offensive armour, which is the Word of God. And the word, the word word there uh, is the word rhema. It's, it's not logos, it's rhema, which means it's a specific word for a specific situation uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a specific thing that might be happening in your life. Uh, when the enemy comes against us, what we need is a Word of God. We need a, it is written. 
uh, in the name of Jesus to overcome the work of the enemy and then pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and all, be alert, be vigilant and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people, the church. Pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel. I love the fact that the Apostle Paul is talking to the church in, in a, the Apostle Paul who has seen uh, people uh, rise from the dead and, and, and been up to the third heaven and, and has written most of the New Testament. And he's saying to the church, pray for me that I may be able to preach the word with, with boldness. Why? Because I believe Paul was under attack continuously. And he needed the prayers of the saints to help him preach the word fearlessly. Church, we need your prayers. I need your prayers. Trust me, I need your prayers. I need you to pray. I need you to pray. We need you to pray. As a leadership team, we need you to pray. As a family, we need you to pray that God will protect and guide, that we'll be able to preach the word of God with, with boldness and pray for the church. Maybe some of you here today and you're under attack spiritually. Family's under attack. Health is under attack. Marriage is under attack. There's a battle going on in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit. Uh, my prayer is that God will strengthen us and, and give us the power to overcome in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. You know, if you're under attack, it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It could be a good sign. could mean that the enemy's threatened could mean that the enemy sees something in you that you can't see in yourself. And the greatest thing that we can do is just go into the presence of God. Uh, you know, I know the church is always under attack. <laughs> it's always under attack. Um, this year we started the, the, the Tuesday prayer, 1230 to 1, and, and we've seen God do some amazing things. We've seen more baptisms this year than we've seen in previous years. Glory be to God. Just seen a great sense of God's presence. And, and when we gather as a church and 20 of us praying and, and beginning to cry out to God and seek the face of God, you're welcome. Uh, you just see, sense more of God's presence, but I've also sensed greater, greater, greater spiritual attacks than ever before. So come on, church, we need to pray. Let's ramp up the prayer in the name of Jesus, believing that God is going to do some great things. And my prayer is that God is going to strengthen us and give us, and give us the power to overcome in the name of Jesus. So today, what I want to do is I want to give you um, three principles with three keys uh, that, I want, uh, that I want you to know about this topic. Just briefly touch on, touch on some different things and uh, my prayer is the Holy Spirit is gonna speak to us all today. First of all, let me give you three truths each of us need to know. The first truth is we need to know is that the devil is real. The devil is real. He's not a symbol. He's not a figment of, an, figment of our imagination. He's not the boogeyman. He's a person. The Bible says he walks, he talks, he tempts, he lies, he kills, he afflicts, he counterfeits. He oppresses, he influences, divides, destroys. He can even quote the Bible and he possesses. This is what the enemy does. It's what the, how the Bible describes him. And studies show that 50% of Christians don't even believe he exists. Don't even believe the devil is real. Paul says to the Corinthians, and no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. He doesn't, he doesn't come uh, at us with a red suit and horns and pitchfork, you know that. He doesn't come at us like that. He, he comes as an angel of light, as an angel of truth, like someone who's going to help us. That's how He comes. And if we're not aware or sensitive or discerning of, of what the enemy is doing, we can fall prey uh, to the enemy 
And you know, the enemy doesn't come and say, hello, I am the devil and I am here to tempt you today. Please follow me into hell. That's not the way the enemy comes. He's not that, he's not that dumb. He's very smart, sneaky. He's the wiles of the enemy. Remember that. How does the enemy, how does the enemy come against us? He just gets us to, to, to compromise just a little, little bit. That's why he knows if he can get you to compromise just that much. He can get you to do it again and again and again. He doesn't come against us with lies. He comes against us with half-truths, which are equally lies. And if we're not aware, if we're not vigilant, you know, uh, then, then, then we can fall prey to the enemy. He, mar- he, he, he comes at us as an angel of light. He masquerades as an angel of light. Please don't forget that. Please don't forget that. One of the key strategies of the enemy is deception and the key deception is he doesn't exist, he's not real. Revelation, it gives us some insight into what happened when the enemy was cast out of heaven. The Bible says, then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he, referring as a person, was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was held down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray, he was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Notice it describes the devil as a person and the Bible gives a sense uh, in other scriptures that he was the chief musician. Ezekiel says, you were in Eden, the garden of God, every precious stone was your covering. The workmanship of your trimbles and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. It's believed he was the chief musician. He became proud and he was hurled out of, out of heaven. Um, and I, I, I think we need to know that. We need to be aware of that. Is it any wonder that the music industry is like a trillion dollar industry? Because one of the ways the enemy uh, captures people's hearts is through music. It's a counterfeit of worship. And we need to be aware of that. Frank Damasio said that behind all music is a spirit. We need to discern the spirit that is behind music and not allow our hearts to be influenced by it. Can I hear an amen? It's going to be quiet this morning. Let's go to the next point. <laughs> Devil wants to destroy you. Second truth we need to know is that the enemy wants to destroy us. Can give you many scriptures about this. Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again. But Satan hindered us. He hindered us. As Christians, we need to know that we have an enemy who wants to hinder us. Uh, the word hinder means to cause delay, interruption, to hamper, impede, prevent from doing, to stop, be an, be an obstacle of some description. The enemy wants to hinder us from being everything that God has called us to be. Paul says, I wanted to come to you, but Satan hindered us. We need to be aware of that. He wants to sabotage the plan and the purpose for our lives. And that's why Peter says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone, someone, someone to devour. Be clear-minded. Think clearly. Think objectively. Um, use, your, use your mind to, to discern situations because the enemy wants to sabotage the plan and purposes for your life. Number three, the enemy responds to higher authority 
Because of the devil, because the devil is an authority, he responds to higher authority. Authority. So often we talk about the kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light. We've kind of we kind of put these two kingdoms on a par and they're at war with each other. But that's not the truth at all. It's not the case at all. The devil is a created being. And while he has some authority, he does not have ultimate authority. Can I hear an amen in the name of Jesus? Colossians says, for He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of His Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. There's a difference between a dominion and a kingdom. A dominion is like the territories in Australia. I remember Pastor Hans Wultman describing this one day, powerful. A dominion is like the territories in Australia. They do have some power, but not the same power as the states actually have. Um, and, and, and so that's the same. And the Bible says this, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one. It's not the same as the one that is in the world. The one that is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. And we need to know that the enemy responds to higher authority in the name of Jesus. We're on the basis of that. We need to then be aware of the weapons that we have. We, we, need, we need to be aware of the weapons that we've been given to overcome every work of the enemy. The Bible says the weapons we fight with, we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Understanding that the battle is first and foremost in our minds, God has given us weapons to overcome the work of the enemy. The enemy has a bunch of power, uh, weapons that he uses to come against us. Weapons like fear, guilt, accusations, condemnation. Whenever you see condemnation, don't ever confuse condemnation with the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Condemnation always brings us down. Conviction always brings us up into the presence of God. Discouragement, lies, doubt, deception, and the, the list goes on and on. The Bible also says no weapon formed against us shall prosper. The enemy's got a warehouse of weapons and he, and he goes into that warehouse and he thinks, Joe, let me see what, I can, what can I get? And I know which ones he uses against me continuously. But you know, the Bible says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Man, no weapon. No weapon. By His grace and for His glory. We have a, the enemy has weapons, so do we. Let me give you three of them. The name of Jesus. We sang about it today. Is number one, when the disciples of Jesus returned from ministering, they said, Lord, even, even the demons submit to us in your name. Never underestimate the power of the name of Jesus. Jesus said to his disciples, and these signs shall accompany. Those who believe in my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes in their hands. And, 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 and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. It's not speaking literally. It's speaking about spiritual uh, issues. They will place their hands on the sick people and they will get well. Paul said in Philippians that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess. The name of Jesus is something we carry like a policeman carries his badge. Come on, you've heard this before. You know, how many people know that if someone walks up to your car and, and they just, you know, gently walk up to your car and you say, hey, what are you doing next to my car? You know, move right along. But if that person has a uniform and a badge, <laughs> how many people know your knees start to shake a little bit? What's going on? Um, so too do the spirits of darkness tremble when, they, when we stand on the name of Jesus. I'm going to come against you in the name of Joe. Well, that's not going to get you anywhere, buddy. 
I stand against you in the name of life. Christian center ain't that going to help you? No, at all. Come against the enemy in the name of Jesus. And if you're in a situation, you feel like you're under attack. You have authority in Jesus' name. If you sense there are demonic powers behind a situation you're facing, use the name of Jesus. Use the name of Jesus. Find, find a closet somewhere. Find a, find a room somewhere. Lock the door, just you and God, and just begin to, begin to come against every work of the enemy. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name that is above every other name. Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. Second weapon we have is the blood of Jesus. When we give in to sin, we, we, give, we give the enemy power. The, the, the enemy tempts us to sin. The enemy looks for our weaknesses. He doesn't, he doesn't tempt us, although he does tempt us in our strength. He tempts us in our strength and he tempts us in our weaknesses because he tries to look for, for, for a crowd. Where we feel strong, we think, oh, I can deal with this one. Paul says, be careful when you're strong because that's when you're at your weakest. No, I can go there, I'm strong. I, no, I can handle this one. Be careful when you think you're strong, that's when you're at your weakest. And he attacks our weaknesses. And first he tempts us to sin and then he accuses us and then he shames us. And when we sin, he, looks, he says, look at you. Who do you think you are? Look at what you've done. You're not good enough. You're not spiritual enough. And there's a temptation to start to argue. Yeah, but it wasn't my fault. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, it just, it's not my fault. Well, we can overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Bible says in Revelation, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God, day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. How did they overcome the enemy? It's the blood of the Lamb. That's why communion is so important. That's why we, 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 we break bread on a regular basis. It reminds us of the power that we have to overcome every work of the enemy. There's a hymn that we used to sing, Would You Be Free From Your Burden of Sin? There's power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you over victory, would you over evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the lamb. There is power, power, wonder, you want me to sing it? There is power, uh, working power in the precious blood of the lamb. It's, it's, it's an oldie, but there's a truth embedded in this hymn that has the capacity to set us free. Third weapon we have is the Word of God. When Jesus was tempted by the enemy, his weapon of choice was the Word of God. It is written. It is written. Look at what the Bible says. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the Word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Notice the young men are strong because the Word of God lives in them. They overcome the evil one because the Word of God lived in them. Young people, the greatest defence you have against the evil in the world is the Word of God. If there's anything that's going to protect us from temptation and peer pressure, come on, young people, the attraction of the world, it's going to be the Word of God. It's going to be the Word of God. 
Bible says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your word in my heart. I have memorized scripture. I have, I have devoured your scripture. I've, I've, I've studied your word. I've hidden it in my heart that I might not sin against you so that when I'm tempted to sin, the word of God becomes a rhema, a sword to come against the work of the enemy. Joseph, as when he was tempted to sin, how could I do such a wicked thing and sin against my God? The enemy is not afraid of your strength, your education or your position. The only thing that makes the enemy shudder is the Word of God. And the only way we can use the Word of God is we need to know the Word of God. It's what Life Ministry School is all about. It's about diving deeper into the Word of God so that we can know what it says, so we can know the truths. Again, you shall know the truth and the truth can bring freedom. When the enemy comes against you, you need to have a verse, a promise that you can stand on reading through First Peter. It, again and again, he talks about the precious promises of God's Word that you, um, and I'm reminding you of the promises and I'm, gonna, I'm not afraid to remind you again. He says that within four verses, he says, I'm gonna re remind you and I want you to remember and I remind you and I, re I want you to remember the precious promises because we forget the promises of God. The promises of God are power, they're truths that we can stand on when we're under attack in the name of Jesus. When those fiery darts are coming against us, what we need is the shield of faith, faith in the Word of God and on the promises of God's Word. If you have battles happening in your life, you need to have a verse that says, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, my Lord. We need to have a promise that says, "I no weapon formed against me shall prosper in the name of Jesus. If you have money issues, you need to declare, my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory. If you have fear for God, do not give me a spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind in the name of Jesus. Um, there are many other weapons, praise and truth and fasting and faith and, and so many others. And finally, three things we need to do to overcome the work of the enemy. Worship team, come. Number one, submit yourself to the Lord. Notice what the Bible says. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Notice the order. Submit to God. It's an, it's an interesting thing. Submit yourself then to God and then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Some people want to disobey the Scriptures of the Word of God. Pastor Joe, I know the Bible says that, but, and then they want to have power over the enemy. Well, that's not going to happen. Listen to the Scriptures. Submit yourself then to God. Submit to the Word of God. Submit to the promises of God. Submit to the commands of Scripture. Then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's where your authority comes from. Second thing we need to do is close the doors that give access to the enemy. Sometimes we can be responsible for the attacks we experience by the enemy. Paul says to the Corinthians in our text, anyone you forgive, I also forgive. I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake in order that Satan might not outwit us. If we're, not un, we're not ignorant of his schemes. Paul is saying that one of the ways we give Room to the enemy is through unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, unresolved offence. Unforgiveness is a scheme, a trap, a wile of the enemy. It's what, it's, that, that's, that's exactly what it is. Offence is a, it's a trap of the enemy. The enemy will set a trap like we set traps for animals. The trap is an offence. Who, who hasn't been offended by someone? What a great sermon last week by, by Alan and just spoke about all of that powerful message. Who hasn't been offended by someone? 
We've all been offended. If you haven't, stay tuned. It's around the corner for you. We've all been offended. Thank God we don't offend anybody, but people have offended us, you know. Amen? Mm. Offence is a trap of the enemy. Gossip is juicy. Revenge, oh, tastes good in the mouth. It's a trap of the enemy. Yeah, but you don't know what they said. It's exactly what, that's the trap. There it is right there. You don't know what they did. Yeah, but that's the trap. That's the trap. The key is forgiveness by the grace of God. I choose to forgive. Pastor Joe, it's just hard. I agree. <laughs> I'm with you. I choose by the grace of God to forgive. You can't forgive on your own. It's only the grace of God that's going to help you to forgive. It's all it is. I choose with my will to forgive by the grace of God for what they did. Paul also said to the Ephesians, it's come up again and again in recent weeks. If you're ang- in your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. There are, there are times where we can give room to the enemy. Enemy knocks on the door. You say, yeah, come through. This is your room here. There are things that we do that can give the enemy a foothold in our lives. You ready? It's the movies we watch, the music we listen to, the places we go, the company we keep, and the list goes on. Paul says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Pastor Joe, how do you know if something isn't right? Well, I'll tell you how you know. I'm just scared I'm going to do something wrong. Don't be scared. Again, it's the strategy of the enemy. Don't be scared. Just spend time with the Lord. Remember your primary purpose in life is to spend time with God, intimacy with God. Spend time with God. And the the more you spend time with God, you'll start to feel what God feels. The Holy Spirit will start to... Speak, in, speak deep into your spirit. And when you head off in a place where you shouldn't be, inside, the Holy Spirit inside of you starts screaming. Starts making you feel yucky. And, and you know, you say, man, I don't think I want to be here. I don't think I should be watching this. I don't think I should be doing this. I don't think I should be hanging out with you anymore. I don't think I should be, 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 be listening to this stuff anymore. It's the Holy Spirit that protects us and helps us. It's helping us to become more like Jesus. Pray a simple prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's an offensive way in me. I never want to give room to the enemy and lead me in the way everlasting. Number, Number three, confront your enemy every single day. Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's our responsibility to resist by the grace of God. Paul says in pray, in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. There are different kinds of prayers. There's intercession, thanksgiving, petition. But there's also spiritual warfare prayer. It's when we go into the presence of God and take authority over every work of the enemy. We don't pray for victory. We pray from victory. Christ has already won at the cross. We pray from victory. One of the prayers I pray daily is in Jesus' name, I break the power of darkness over my mind and every attempt of the devil to destroy my life. I am free in Jesus' name.
We need to pray and bind every power of darkness, principality, spirit of immorality, addiction, fear, depression, oppression. Strongholds would be exposed and broken in the name of Jesus. We need to pray. I break the power of the enemy by the authority of, in the name of Jesus and by the act of the cross and the power of God's word. Get your hands off my mind and my heart and my marriage and my family, my church, our city, our nation. In the name of Jesus, take authority over every power of the enemy. Paul says to the Corinthians, for we're not ignorant of his schemes. The word schemes there is the, what reminds us that we can be victorious over the work of the enemy is Calvary. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's what communion is all about. So Father, we just thank you for this time. Being together, we just thank you for your spirit and your grace and your power. So just by your grace, we thank you for what you've done and are doing in and through our lives. As we leave this building, Lord God, use us for your glory. Allow us to be a light in the darkness, Lord God. Let us speak the name of Jesus with boldness. Use our hands, our feet, our mouth to bring glory and honour to you. As we pray and ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Have a great week in Jesus' name.